the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. More resources available online at jenniferjackson.com. This is Simply for Women. Today, I have Destiny Allen with us. You know, she works in corrections at the Franklin County Sheriff's Office. She's a social services supervisor, and she really acquires programs and helps the incarcerated population, and she helps them turn their lives around and bridge gaps and gives them support and That's an understatement. So much more. Uh, I want you to get to know Destiny today. She really loves the Lord. She's been part of serving the Lord since she was a child. And it's such a powerful story. So welcome back to the show, Destiny. Thank you for having me again. It's really special. You know, on on our break, I didn't realize that your father was incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Is that painful to talk about? Or do you want to tell us a little bit about that story? No, I can tell you about it. Um, so, yes, my father was incarcerated for 22 years. So from the age of eight years old until I was 30, that's all. I For the longest, I thought he was just at school for big people um, until I got a little bit older and figured out where he was at. So um, that's one of the reasons that kind of pushed me into this field as well, even though I didn't realize it was happening at the time. Were you able to visit him in any of those years or no? Yep. So okay. I would uh, visit him with my grandfather and grandmother at first. And then once I got of age, I kind of wanted to go by myself so me and him can have more deeper discussions with all the family present. Wow. So when he got out, were you close to your dad? Or? Mm-hmm. So when my father got out in December 1st, 2017, he actually came to stay with me. Mm. So he stayed with me for six months, and then he ended up moving back to our hometown of Lima, Ohio. Was he able to pull his life together? I mean, mm-hmm. was this a miracle story? What happened? Um, definitely a miracle story because a lot of people um, don't realize that when you come home, the work really starts day one when you leave. Uh, so having to have him now understand that you're not going to have meals provided. You have to do that on your own. Uh, trying to go and get uh, employment, just living his life. A lot of people that he had before had left or passed on. So it's not heard of that people come home from being being in there that long and being successful. So that was actually a good thing that some of them had passed or moved on? Yes. Or, yeah. It was a good thing. I think about your dad. Um, did he know the Lord? He did. So before he went in, he he was baptized and he's a Christian. I would say he was not really following it too much. So once he got in there and had time to process by himself, that's when he kind of became more of a, I'm not going to say more of a Christian, but he lived more by the word in there. He got a closer walk with the Lord. Did he read his Bible in jail? Oh, that Bible was almost tattooed to him. That's amazing. Yes. You know, you wonder if sometimes God sets us aside and says, okay, Mm -hmm. let's spend some time together. Yeah. But that you would never wish that upon anybody, but there maybe is a fruit out of it, Mm -hmm. a good thing that came out of it, do you think? Yeah, I would say my dad in prison became, he was not just a father, he was a dad. So Mm -hmm. I never, I mean, I would tell him secrets before I would tell my mom. Wow, you really learned to talk to him and share with him. Yes. How did you, did you have to forgive him for 
for not being there. I mean, he, there's no way he was at a school event if he was in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when those things would happen, that's when we would kind of have the, the rough moments um, just because I wanted him present. He yeah. wasn't there for prom and graduation. Yeah. Um, so once I once he did come home, he did throw me a party. That was like my graduation Aww. birthday. uh College graduation party and it made up for it because I can't continue to beat him up for something that he had no. Ch- <laughs> That's right. No control over. So I guess visiting your father in jail all these years did somehow that like plant seeds in your heart that I want to help other people too that are in this situation. Yeah, I did not realize that until I magically ended up in this field. Because if yeah. you would have asked me a couple years ago, would I be working in corrections? I would have told you no. Wow, but it gave you a love for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. You know, let's talk about, you know, on the previous episode, you said that you uh, when at the end of a stressful day, you leave things in the trash can before you drive home or Mm -hmm. or leave them at the door, so to speak. You know, so many of us have these jobs. We have we have job stress, whether that, you know, a nurse or a teacher or, you know, someone else in corrections. There's so many stressful jobs. Mm -hmm. How, How do you do that? How do you compartmentalize and what does your life look like? at home then how is mm-hmm. it different so when i first became a clinician i had the awful thing of trying to diagnose all my friends and i started to actually go a little bit crazy because i'm like okay this person has this this person has this these characteristics and then one of uh, my director at the time uh, mr chuck Huntingford, he told me they're not your clients like those, those are your friends you're not getting paid to do that so stop it so once he did that i had to understand that you know, you're allowed to be Miss D for a certain amount of time. And then once you come home, it's not fair to myself to not give myself a break because all day long I'm pouring into people. And if I don't pour into myself, I have nothing to give. Mm -hmm. So what I started to do was from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. I am Miss D. I'm here. I get you resources. I, I listen. I finish paperwork. I do all of that. The moment I leave at 6 p.m., she is in that she's in that locker. That's good. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you called it vicarious trauma. Yes. So you're listening to all these kind of horrific stories or, mm-hmm. or pieces of stories all mm-hmm. day long. How, how, does the Lord have to come in and heal that or do you have to let it go? I mean, how do you you can't carry all of that? No. So how do you do that. I am a counselor that has a counselor myself. That's good. So I have. um a clinician that I see that I will pour some of that into her. Um, sometimes I will sit and if my clients are okay with, um, depending on what their what their faith is, if they're okay with prayer, sometimes we'll end sessions with prayer and I'll give them um, strength comments like, wow, look what God brought you through. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Some people would not have even made it through a piece of that and yes. you did. So look how strong you are. Mm-hmm. So always giving those positive affirmations versus saying like, oh, wow, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Gosh. But vicarious trauma is real. Um, a lot of social workers, clinicians, anybody, actually anybody that deals with public, uh, that is a real thing that can burn you out in your field. So you have to be very cautious with it. That's important that you said, you know, you even have a counselor because all of us need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. I know even my own parents are chaplains and you know yes. them and they, they come and they help and, mm-hmm. and pour in. Uh, all of us need a chaplain, don't we? Yes, we do. It's important. It is. Someone to talk to, someone to share with. Have you seen, you've seen miracles? Have you seen people turn their lives around? I have seen miracles of people turn their life around, um, specifically in this field. 
Uh, we've had people that have left um, who were found not guilty and they have went home to continue to share the message of, look what God has done for me. I'm not going to waste this opportunity. I'm now back with my family. I'm back with my kids. I'm working. I'm being a productive member of society, and I want to come and give back to you guys. Mm-hmm. So we're having a lot more guys that are leaving now that are wanting to come back and give to tell the guys, like, this is not the way of life. Like, let's change that. There's other ways of doing and getting money than than what you've been possibly in here for. How do you deal with the disappointment for the 50 percent that they're not changing their way Mm -hmm. and you've listened to them and you've poured into them and tried to be fair with them? And and you're like, I got to show up to work tomorrow and they're not changing their way. How do you how do you deal with that? Um, I say I they do. They're doing the best with what tools they have. So I try to still extend grace because I know change is uncomfortable. It's not quick. Um, so I try to do that as much as I can. Do I get frustrated? Yes. Do I want to scream and holler? Yes. Um, but I know how it is for me when I start to move to any type of um, new level in my life and transition. Uh, when I ascended and started becoming more um, in touch with God, I didn't understand all of it as well. So it's kind of a trial and error. So life has no manual. If it did, I think I probably wouldn't be needed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Do you, are you allowed to give them high fives or hugs or, or fist bump? Or what are you allowed to do? I will do high fives. I will do I will do fist pumps. I only usually do hugs if they're leaving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just because it's I'm, yeah, I'm a sure. female. Sure. <laughs> so do you have mostly males that you minister to or, or help? Yes. Yeah, so right now at the new jail, we only have a male population. Um, sometime in 2024, we should have females. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So what's the difference between prison and jail? Mm-hmm. So jail is the stopping ground before they're sentenced. Okay. So if they are sentenced, um, unfortunately, they then go to a permanent home, which is prison, and that's where they will spend the rest of their um, time out at. And so you're in jail, so some of yours do get out. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. How yes. long are they usually there? Um, it can go anywhere. So we've had some in for just 90 days, some six months. The longest we've had is five years. Mm, wow. Mm-hmm. So you get attached to those. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether you want to or not, you, you, come, you come to learn them. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about giving back, and mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. The, the Lord sees it, and he knows. And so many families are encouraged because you're pouring in mm-hmm. to them on a daily basis. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Anything you want to share with us before we go? We just got 30 seconds. Um, I would say that uh, more people need to join this field. We need, If we're going to change the community, we need everybody to lend a hand because it can't be done with just one person or one department. It's everyone. Mm-hmm. We need good people. Yes, we do. And we need people to just to take that investment and see that this could change so many cities and mm-hmm. society just by making that. But, you know, it starts with the Lord. We yes, have to have the does. Lord in our heart to pass him on to others. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it uh, would be so hopeless without the Lord. And you I offer agree. that hope every single day. I try. I try <laughs> to come in radiating him. Please just look at me so we can change it. That's good. You show up prayed up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We may need to talk about that. Yes. Oh, I hope we have another episode. Well, that is <laughs> Destiny Allen, and she so wonderfully serves in our social service programs. Thank you for serving the people and the Lord. I'm Jennifer Jackson, and you've been listening to Simply for Women. I hope this encourages your heart today, wherever you are at. There's hope, and God has his people. He has his people everywhere. I even think we can ask him to send them into our lives or to be one of those destinies. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Well, go to jenniferjackson.com. I want to connect with you. I have resources for you. 
I have so many goodies there at jenniferjackson.com. You've been listening to Simply for Women. We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith. To hear today's show again or to share it with a friend, search Simply for Women wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit Jennifer's website at jenniferjackson.com. That's jenniferjackson.com. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be, simply be with God. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.